Welcome to a phoned-in edition of ARG Presents. I'm your good friend, your good buddy, Amigo Aaron, joined by a man who makes J2ME mean he's a jerk to me. It's the Brent. Shut up, jerk! <laughs> you. Hi, everybody. That's not very nice, the Brent. You, Especially this week. You interrupted my phone time. Well, that's not, and now it's showtime. And on the show, and what a show we've got. Because I have to say, last week I badmouthed this piece. I put the bad mouth on it, and by God, we're going to do it anyway, because we're doing BAM. It's Java games this week, man. J2ME. Let's talk about this category, the Brent. All right. Because when this came up, I was not happy. Holy smokes. I was like, what in God's name is this? Because I know. I didn't know. Did you know what this was? Absolutely. Yeah. How did you know? I, You're dumb as a sack of rocks. There's a streamer that has played uh, dozens of these games to completion. Uh Macaw forty five on yeah. on Twitch, um, and he's he's highlighted some of the best, some of the absolute dream games of these, and you'll find that almost all of the best of the best are game loft games. Okay, well there you go. Oh, no kidding, that's interesting. So just to, for the uninformed like myself, I didn't know what these, I didn't know what J two M E stood for. Except for jerk to me, like I said, it actually stands for something. So what you got here is a little thing called Java. Now, you had Java Platform Micro Edition, right? But then they had Java 2 Platform Micro Edition. There's your J2ME. Well, the M is actually mobile. Uh, my, no, micro, actually. Micro, mobile. according to this. It says micro. You can fight it out with the people at Java. Right. If anyone's still there, they may have closed the doors on the Java boat. <laughs> now, these are old cell phone games. That range, I guess, from what the early two thousands until when? Well, do you know when these uh, things actually, cut off? I think they're a little before two thousand. I think they go <sighs> up to about two thousand fourteen ish. You know, the funny thing is, and I was sort of talking to you about this before the show. Uh, I didn't know much about these. In fact, I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't know anything about them. And the reason is, I didn't have a cell phone uh, when these were. I mean, I didn't get a cell phone until. It's been in the last six years where I got a, a smartphone. Yeah, and he, and we need a, to specify a little bit. When we're saying cell phone, we're meaning not smartphone, not your Androids, not your Apple products. These are more of your flip phones, something with a push-button digital pad for your number pad. Uh, you know, screens, yes. they. The, this was the, obviously the era of, of screens and color screens, but... You can't think modern for this. This is way before our modern phone ideas. You know, I had a, a one of the Nokia burner type phones, the cheapo specials from back in the day. The kind of they break and break and ban, throw in the garbage after they're done with them. You know, burner phones. <laughs> and uh, uh, the only games I had for that were uh, a, a a purchasable version of Uno that limited you. You could never win. And I had <laughs> that one. Because a lot of the games, and I had something else, but the games were not complete. And this would come with the phone. It would send you yeah. some kind of crap game. Now, I'm assuming these games are early on, because ha having looked through this list to pick something out, like a lot of these games were a lot better than I thought they'd be. Well, you have to understand, this actually covers a very, very wide berth. I mean, you've got some of these games that are... Uh, black and white on the old dot matrix style displays. Yeah. So uh, that's that's kind of the time frame we're talking. We're talking almost two decades, if not two decades, of mobile entertainment before the big guys came in and and put you know once you standardize it into 
Android and Apple and to a very, very, very lesser extent, Microsoft, uh, now the battle lines are drawn and no one uses J J2ME Do anymore. Do you figure there was a cutoff where this would, they switched to whatever they use now? Like, what, a year cutoff? Well, or? yes and no. Uh, there are, I, I'm sure there are still J2ME phones being produced yeah. uh, in some of the... Uh, uh, other countries that aren't U.S. or China or you know U.K. Some of your your less well-to-do countries. I'm sure there are still those type of phones. I mean, there are still those type of phones as uh, throwaway phones, burner phones, like yeah. you were talking about before, that could possibly run this kind of stuff. Even those phones, though, I would imagine have upgraded to. At the very least, Android. Android's the free <clears throat> OS. Yeah. Uh, you know, so you don't have to worry about anything like that. So I would I would say these J2ME OS capable phones are are very 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 dead at this point. <laughs> you know, I was looking. I found a list of like the mo mobile games. And this encompasses all mobile games, not just these. This is including modern stuff. Yeah. And the amount of wad that these things generate. These things generate a lot of money. Now, I'd heard numbers, but I'm just to throw this out there. They got a game in here that came out in 2015, all right? Probably not on this format, probably the, whatever Android was. It's called uh, Honor of Kings. I've never heard of this game, but clearly someone has because according to this, it's generated $13 billion. Billion dollars. Yeah. Well, <laughs> also, another thing you have to remember is. When these very first came out, a lot of these type of games were not purchased. You you paid to play them. Some of them had a pay to play model. Right. Um, that one. Now that was something that was that came around late in the game. I mean, because the ones I looked at, they didn't they didn't seem to have that. No, that actually that was one of the early business models. Really, when people started selling these games direct, it kind of killed that kind of market. Uh, just like your old MMOs used to be pay per minute, you know, and then the monthly subscription came out, and then free to play came out. So you you kind of kill the price structure behind you when you change something that radical. Uh, but the the big problem with J2ME uh, and and all mobile games and applications were uh, no true dedicated storefront, and when you've got that kind of you know, you had to get these games either by downloading them from a computer and then attaching them to your phone and transfer them that way. Or, you know, if your phone was capable of going to a website, you could kind of download it that way. Plus space. Uh, space on these phones were were so minuscule. We're not, absolutely not talking gigs. In some cases, we're not even talking, you know, dozens of megs. Some of these things, if you had... For Meg, you were the big man on campus. Hmm. So when you're asking a person to download a game, now most of these games were less than 100K. And they did so much with that so little bit of storage space. Plus the memory on these phones were so minute. Uh, you know, And you had to stick all this crap into memory to run. So they had a lot of obstacles they had to overcome to produce quality, and it's it's pretty amazing some of the stuff they did pull off. I'm assuming some these games won't all work. I mean, you'd had to upgrade it to some a better phone for some of these. 
You know. Well, and that is, of course, the other problem is J2ME is the OS. Just it's a programming language, but we'll say OS just for simplicity's sake. Uh, some of this stuff was the instructions inside of it were chip or phone specific. Uh, we're actually going to go over that with my game. Uh, where something that played on one phone, you could have the a phone comparable in stats, you know, memory, storage, all that kind of stuff, but it wouldn't work because it didn't have the right chip. Kind of like a, an Intel versus AMD type situation. Interesting, interesting. One thing's for sure, after looking at these money totals, they made some, they're making and did make a lot of money in this yeah. market. It's funny that I never thought about the, uh, well, again, I didn't know much about the J2ME thing, but I mean, after looking over the games, and uh, this is it's almost like its own console. You know, in it fact, is. it's better than a lot of the consoles we've played on this show. Like, I, I was, I, I'm not going to lie. When we sat down and looked through these, I was baffled. At the, I mean, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I knew Java was a pretty capable language, but I mean, this stuff was off the charts good. Yeah. And the, we had so many choices. I mean, holy smoke, do we have choices. This was a, 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 a bounty of riches this week. Yeah. And so it was our duty to uh, pick a couple of these, and it was our pleasure in this case, because, man, I, <laughs> we could have picked anything, and we did. What did you pick <laughs> this week, the Brent? Oh, I'm starting us off? Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, well, let me let me explain how I got to this oh, game. Oh, man, here we go. Uh, I, with the help of uh, Pajaco, and Pajaco's in chat, who, who dumped an absolute plethora of information on us to get us started... Because we didn't know. I decided, you know what? I'm going to do everything I can on my phone. My my Samsung Note 5, that's where I want to play these games. Because that was an option. And uh, got everything going. Got the emulator. Downloaded a, a bucket of 5,000 jar files. And that's what these run off of. Um, jar, Java Archives, I I mean. Alright. And I started flipping through games. And even though I had the emulation set up and I was good to go on that front, there are so many variety and I don't mean like shooter platformer. I mean there are there's such a variety in screen sizes and speed and color and sound that I went through probably a dozen games before I found one that fit my screen correctly. And now granted, I could have probably got some of these other ones working with tweaks and, and stuff like that. But then I was looking for instant instant gratification. And I found uh, Alpha or Alpha Wing. It was the first one that came up and worked just by hitting go. I said, okay, Alpha Wing. Obviously this is a shooter. How in the world are you going to do a shooter from these old phones? You're never going to be able to hit shoot fast enough while trying to hit another button on a keypad. That just doesn't make sense to me. So I was intrigued. And I said, you know what? If I'm going to explore this, if I'm going to put the time into playing this, I'm going to go ahead and pick this as my game. So that's what I picked. And before we get into the game, Alpha Wing, I want to talk about the company that made Alpha Wing. And that is Mike Macrospace. Macrospace uh, was an 
early, early pers- uh, organization into the mobile gaming market. Uh, and they functioned up to about 2005, where they merged with Glue Mobile, GLU Mobile. All right. And GUL, GLU Mobile was a huge player in the mobile game market. A lot of your top games, uh, or you know, either graphically pleasing or innovative gameplay or uh, sound. I don't. I don't think it ever had a whole lot of a bonus with sound, but <clears throat> a lot of it is attached to them. And it's kind of funny because they became so much more than just a mobile phone game maker. Uh, they really had their hand in a lot of pie. A few things you might uh, be aware of, Aaron. Do you remember a little thing called GameSpy? Yeah. All right. Uh, GameSpy, for those who don't know, way back in the day, uh, you couldn't just connect to other computers to play games. It was a hassle over the internet. You basically had GameSpy to tie all these people together and really make it easier for them to uh, team up and play with their buddies. Well, they didn't make GameSpy, don't get me wrong. In fact, they did just the opposite. They bought GameSpy and then obliterated it. (laughs) They slowly picked it apart until literally nothing was left, and they did it in the most backhanded way. Uh, because they were, they would just shut down game servers that have been running for years and years and years. No warning, no telling anyone. It worked and then it didn't. Uh, and that was kind of their MO. Where Microspace was based in London, when they merged uh, with Sorrent Incorporated, and that's who, those two companies are who made GLU game, uh, Mobile, uh, it became a U.S. company. And let me tell you something. These people were hell-bent on money, and that's all they cared about. Why would they buy GameSpy and then destroy GameSpy? That, does, that seems like they're hell-bent on being dumb. No, well, I mean... Where's the money to be made there? I guess, I don't know. It sounds like they took a bath, what it sounds like to me. They did not. They did not. They they were a, <laughs> they were an incredibly profitable company. And, and I'll, actually, I will get to that. Um, and that was, an, that was not their first acquisition, but that was their first really large acquisition. Um, after that, uh, they caught the caught the eye of a little company you might have heard of, Aaron, called Tencent, right? Yeah, I've heard of them. Well, Tencent bought 15% of GL, GLU Mobile to the tune of $126 million. Oh, my. So this, was, this wasn't just some fly-by-night company, that shows you they were the big boys. Uh, And of course, shortly after that, uh, they bought a game called Quiz Up, which is a server-based game that you would go and you do quizzes. And they killed that dead, too. They bought it, and then, you know, less than a year later, they shut it down. Well, I, I don't get I it. I don't understand I, how these people are making all this money if that if they buy things and then destroy them. I, I don't know. I is, don't this, know. is this at some point spelled out in this in your walkthrough here? It is not. It's so, been fine. Get, so all I'm gonna do is buy like I'm gonna buy a Walmart, shut that sucker down, <laughs> and then that's when the big bucks show up. So, so I'm not good at business. In the end, 
as of all fates of video game companies, it seemed, Electronic Arts came knocking. Yeah. All right? And this was... This is just in February of 2021. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, they said, you know what? We're going to just we're, we're going to take this GLU and we're going to absorb them. What do you think that that deal was worth, Aaron? It'd be a lot because those, like I said, those games make bucks. Just a wild guess. I don't know. Uh, 1.2 billion dollars. You're close, but half off. Oh, wow. $2.4 billion. Wow. Now, this is, like I said, this is a company that came back from Microspace making these Java games, and now Electronics Arts valued them at $2.4 billion. So that tells you these games were not just these fly-by-night, oh, look at this crap games. This was big business, like you had mentioned earlier. So what, pray tell, would... Uh, this company, one of their first games, how awesome was it? Well, Alpha Wing was not awesome. Oh, <laughs> but you, wait, oh, this, go ahead. Well, it's, this better be good. <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you, you're, you're, so far, no explanations. <laughs> and then you come out and say the game you fix garbage. I didn't say it was garbage, I said it wasn't awesome. Uh, Alpha Wing is, was Macro Space's first shooter. Uh, Ooh. And they put it out there, and it was incredibly successful. And in fact, there are multiple Alpha Wings on the market. And from talking to you, it sounded like you actually played the wrong one, or at least no, not the I one played, I intended. I played, I played the one that you that you intended, but I found the video for different ones. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is another case of you have to program for the phone that it's going for. The Alpha Wing that I played was specifically designed for the Nokia brands of phone. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, which is not all, you know, they actually released another one that was based on the other chipset. It's prettier, much prettier. It, it is. Also, Alpha Wing had a sequel, Alpha yeah. Wing 2. Also prettier. It had another one called Wildly Alpha Wing successful. Yeah. So, no, 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 no. Oh, sorry. Alpha Wing 2 was not 3D. Alpha one. Wing 2 3D was 3D. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> so. <laughs> that's a lot, of, that's a lot of stuff. It's so confusing. But that's what a lot of these companies did, was they would, if they could get their foot in the door with a title, and they could get some money off of it, they would start reproducing <clears throat> it at an alarming rate on all these different chipsets, and all of this just tweak technology, right? And that is how they expanded their empire. That is how they, that a lot, not all, not all, but that's how a lot of these companies work. I just found that very uh, unique to this market that you could come from such humble beginnings in, you know, 2003 was when this was released to a $2.4 billion company. Yeah. So, what is Alpha Wing? Alpha Wing is a. I'm not going to call it a bullet hell because it's not a bullet hell. It's a. It's a. It's a like a bullet like purgatory, uh, and you fly your ship. You can destroy certain enemies and get weapon upgrades. The unique draw of it, and what really kind of set my mind ablaze, auto fire. It yeah. automatically, continuously shoots for you. That's pretty smart. So all you have to do is fly your ship around. Yeah. 
you know, you dodge bullets, you line up with enemies, you collect your power-ups, all with your, you know, flying your ship around, but all of the shooting is done automatic, and it's not super rapid-fire, but it's not slow either. Uh... And that's, I, I don't know if that was their claim to fame. I'm sure other games have done that. And there's plenty of arcade games that have rapid fire. Uh, but this was all automatic. <sighs> what, Aaron, did you think when you first loaded this up? Did Wait. you have any... Well, in all honesty, did, I, I actually played your game before I played mine. Because I was... I had to install software on Windows software to play these games on yeah, Windows. Yeah, you didn't play these on Windows. Yeah, I played on Windows. No. I used a uh, program called BlueStack... And then I used another program that's a J2ME emulator that works in BlueStack. And then you had to put the games in it. But, I mean, it sounds complicated. It's, it's not that bad. I'd used BlueStack before. And so, anyway, I knew your game worked. I hadn't picked one at the time. So, I thought, I'm going to try Brent's game. And then I was, like, pleasantly surprised that it worked. So I, I <laughs> And then I thought, well, I was also like you. How's this going to work? Because I've played games with the phone, and it, they're not easy to play yeah. sometimes. And uh, the, sure enough, that like you said, they had auto fire. I use the keyboard to play these games. It's yeah. funny in, in the emulator that actually simulates like it gives you a, a keypad on one side, and an, and part of the keypad on the other side, so you can you can yeah. use the mouse or you can use keys in your keyboard. I use keys in the keyboard, <clears throat> so I was had an advantage to your average person. Absolutely. With that said, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it played uh, well. Of course, my expectations were low. Uh, uh, and uh, the auto fire with smart power upgrades. I mean, I would call this uh, uh, a a shooter, a standard fair style shooting game of the of the era. Uh, it didn't bring, it did not reinvent the wheel. It's like someone saw a shmup and was R like, type. Yeah, yeah, it's like listen, let's make this uh, watered down for a phone. And that's what this was. It wasn't. I wasn't offended by it. You know. I, and it was not the easiest game I've ever played, but I had the advantage of playing it on a PC with a big screen and everything. How this would work on a small screen phone with all the bullets, that might be a lot, a whole different well, story. Well, I played it on a phone, like well, I what said. what you think? And the way that this works on the emulator I have is half of your screen is the screen that you would see on a mobile phone. And the bottom half of your screen mm. are where your controls are. There's sometimes there's a little overlap depending on what the game is. But for the most part, it's pretty okay. Um, the game is slow enough uh, to not be a problem. And I would assume that a lot of this is actually due to screen blur. The screens we have nowadays were so spoiled. Uh, you know, the screens of yesteryear were not nearly as clear, didn't have nearly the refresh rate or the resolution. So I would assume that the speed of this was based a lot on that. I found the game incredibly easy. Uh, in fact, I never died out. Because you've got a shield you can use. And, and like I said, it's slow enough that I, I just didn't have trouble bomb, you know, dodging stuff. Because even you would have a phone screen bigger than these people had back in the day, though. Um, Probably. Probably half my screen is probably pretty close to a flip, size, flip phone size screen. Um, as you see, this was set up as a, a vertical game. The later renditions of this were, were horizontal. How popular was this game, Aaron? Well, it was popular enough to get an IGN review back in the day. This review was from uh, December 5th, 2003. And the IGN, 
no one covered mobile games. No U.S. market covered mobile games. But IGN did the review of this game, and they loved it. They gave it super high praise. Um, and that kind of shows you where this game lied, fell in the grand scheme of things. It was a very popular game. That's why it got sequels. That's why it made a lot of money. And it helped make their company a lot of money because this was probably one of their most successful games. Um, they also did stuff like Caveman, Crash and Burn, uh, Gold Miner, uh, and then, of course, everybody did board games, your Connect Fours, your Checkers, that kind of crap. If you think about a game like this, though, when it came out on the phone, mm -hmm. and I just mentioned you, that the games I had played was like, I know I had, I know I had Uno... And I had some other lame game, okay? Right. And so, on a, on a Nokia phone, and so if this honed in the view uh, on my phone, this would be, like, uh, off the charts awesome compared yeah. to what I'd seen. So you can see how this would get over, because they're like, my God, this is an actual game. Yeah. With controls and fun yeah. and stuff, you know? So it, it, it's definitely a product of its time. Nowadays, how does it stack up? It's it's poor. It's poor because it's so slow. That's really the biggest complaint. It's smooth. I'm not saying that, but it's slow. Moving around, the bullets that are coming at you are very slow. Everything feels like it's in slow motion. But back in the day, this was pretty high up the charts uh, for 2003. This was I wouldn't call this a revolutionary game, but it was a game that made their company a lot of money, and it ended up making the company value overall incredibly valuable and do we have a discord review we got one review from the man himself pajaco who <clears throat> chimes in he says a side note the original alpha wing was one of the very early j2me games and if you play it it will show not much on the screen very limited enemy sprites and very small enemy sprites yeah so if you can get alpha wing x for your device Go for that as it's much more updated version of the game, which I've also played that. And it, well, it looks a lot better. It's got a better background. Yeah, the sequels for this were mightily improved. And a couple as of well. the sequels even had cool music. Yeah, I mean, oh, I, this I, had yeah. decent music. Yeah. That's something um, I didn't. It did not. It doesn't do sound effects and music. It just does music. But the music loop was pretty good. It was pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, he played the earlier version. Also, it's worth noting that some early devices couldn't do multi button input, so Auto Fire just made the player's life easier. Later devices could, but because mobile developers had to support 200 plus devices with a mixture of screen sizes, hardware memory constraints, and indeed button arrangements and input limitations, many developers opted to do as few builds uh, as possible to cover many devices. Um, that much said, having come back to this after many years, I was sad to discover a fairly dull shooter. There isn't much variety with the enemies, and after a while the game pretty much turns into a semi-bullet heck game. Now, I can forgive the lack of variety in sprites, as this will have been a file size limitation thing. Yeah. But this game is pretty dull, even allowing for that. Level will seem to take forever, and whilst the slimness of the game will, uh, will be to compensate for some lower-end devices, it's a boring game. Alpha Wing also has a couple things that really didn't set well with me. The shields only worked for enemy bullets, so if you get clipped by an enemy, the shields are active. Uh, uh, if you get clipped by an enemy with shields activated, you die. Yeah. <laughs> also, after what seems like an eternity, levels would just end. 
even with enemies on the screen, and you would just fly off. Sometimes straight through enemy bullets or the enemies themselves. Yeah. There are literally hundreds of J2 Emmy games and many good shooters, but sadly, this is not one. Four out of ten, he gives this thing. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. When I think that's more than fair. I, especially when you're looking at it with modern eyes. Um, but, you know, back in the day, this was cutting edge for 2003. Do you remember what this... Did you get an idea of what this sold for? I, You know, I tried going to their website, and I actually tried buying it. Uh, unfortunately, the Wayback Machine, the links to purchase the game were not available. Very good. Uh, so, uh, try as I might, I did not get this uh, to a price for this. No worries, no worries. So, and obviously, you can't eBay this without... I guess eBay and an old phone. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, that was uh, Brent's look at Alpha Wing. An interesting game. I was glad to see it work. But now let's move into clearly what is the main event of the evening. All right. Now, I, I'm no man sucker, brother. I went to look for games, and a game literally retched up off the page, and it, it gave me a roundhouse kick right to the face. And what is that game, that special game? Bam! It's some Chuck Norris, man. Chuck Norris, bring on the pain. It's a Chuck Norris game. Now, I don't know how much you know about the Chuck brand. Chuck Norris. Uh, I want to get into him a little bit before we get into his game. Chuck, and this, by the way, no one knows his real name. Carlos Ray Norris. Chuck's his nickname, sort of. Sure. Uh, born in 1940. Okay, now, a lot of people don't know that Chuck Norris is a legitimate black belt. In uh, Tang Soo Do, he also started his own uh, his own style, and was a there was a school here in Barbersville for a long time that Chuck Norris had. It was called the Chuck Norris Martial Arts Academy, and every year when I was in karate, we would fight the Chuck Norris kids and whoop whoop them. I might <laughs> add, but one thing our dojo didn't get was a visit from the man himself. He would come around at least once a year to all of his schools. That's pretty good. Which that's because he's Chuck Norris. So Chuck Norris, they had him. They used him in a couple films, right, including uh, a very famous film with his buddy Bruce Lee. He was one of the villains in uh, *Way of the Dragon*. And so people were like, "Listen, you're you should get into acting, Chuck. You're you're not bad, you know." So he his first role as a star, and I've seen this and love it. It's a movie from 1977 called *Breaker Breaker*. It's a CB film, but he's a truck driver. It's a great movie. I highly recommend you go check this out. You want to see Chuck Norris whoop a bunch of people in this movie. This thing made money. They were stunned. <laughs> and so someone was like, hey, let's give him another film. And they did. Good Guys Wear Black. And then he went on to do a ton of great films, including A Force of One, my personal favorite, The Octagon. That was an awesome one. Eye for an Eye. He also did another one of my favorites. He did Lone Wolf McClur uh, McCade. He did Silent Rage. He did a bunch of great films. How many of these have you seen? Any of them? I, I'm not a big Chuck Norris The Missing fan. in Action trilogy, which is, oh man, so good. And then my, probably my all-time favorite of his movies is Firewalker, which is like an Indiana Jones ripoff. Great movie. And this guy made tons of movies, and they made money. He did. Okay? He made a ton of movies. If you don't like it, learn to love it, brother. So they were like, listen, Chuck, you had a good run in the films, how about trying your hand at television? He's like, all right, yeah, man, let's do it. And bam, Walker, Texas freaking Ranger. Mom and Dad love that show. Walker, Texas Ranger, where he plays a Texas 
Uh, he, plays, he plays a lone <laughs> ranger down there. That's all you only need one. And it's a, and a policeman for those. Yeah, that he's don't a know. bad. He's a bad dude. Uh, and he was even in one of the Expendables films, along with a you know took his place alongside all the other action stars of the era. Your Sly Stallones. I mean, don't fool yourself. In the early '80s, Chuck Norris was up here, way up here, all right? and he's still up there. He also no. hawks a bunch of crap on TV. Yes. You know, the uh, Total Fitness Gym is one yeah. I, I remember him doing. But he had some other stuff. He's a he's a, a, a New York Times bestseller. All right, he's done it all. Okay, but there was one thing he never done. Right, he never had a proper game. Okay, now why is that? You wonder. Well, there's a reason. <clears throat> there was no game fit for a man like Chuck until a certain game came along. And that's Chuck Norris Bring on the Pain, Brent. Now, had you ever heard of this game? Yes, I'd actually... You're kidding me! Yeah, no, this is one that McCall45 had played, so I was quite familiar. Well, oh, good. Although, I was I was glad that you chose it, because this is... It definitely highlights both ends of the spectrum. So... This is, you know, my game was the very early days, and your game was not, not at the end, but really after it hyped up tremendously. So Chuck Norris, there was a thing that happened uh, in the early 2000s. I, mean, I got to get into this. And it was these Chuck Norris facts. Okay? And everyone's heard them. And they were funny. They're still funny. But they, these started making the rounds. I don't, know, I don't know how this started. But they started making the rounds. And so Chuck Norris sort of became a hot property again. Yeah. Alright? So just to give you a, a, a couple of Chuck Norris facts... If you if you spell Chuck Norris in Scrabble, you win forever, right? Time waits for no man unless that man is Chuck Norris. Stuff like that. Chuck Norris breathes air five times a day. That's it. He's all man. Chuck Norris tears cure cancer. Too bad he's never cried, right? These are the Chuck Norris facts. These were popular as hell, and so his name got up there. And there's a weird thing happened. He became this more like legendary cartoonish. Like Lord, I was like a god among men, and so this game pounced on that. And, and here comes Bring on the Pain, uh, published by and developed by Game Loft. I think you mentioned Game Loft. Yeah, at they one were point. a big name. They, big I looked. Name. I was gonna go over the games that they made, but we'd be here for a year. Yeah, because they made four billion games. Yeah, and I couldn't sit here and tell you the good ones, the bad ones. Licensed games, yep. Puzzle games, oh yeah. Like, games about stuff you never heard of? No, I don't know. Games that were based on video games that you heard of? Yes, they did everything. Yeah. They've done everything. They must, be, they must be worth $18 billion. I was going to read the people that worked on this game, but there were over 30 people that worked on it. Yeah. So let's just say lots. How about that? Um, this game uh, was available, uh, or I think it originally was on the iOS, uh, and then... Uh, it got released on a lot of stuff, including the old BlackBerry in 2008. So this game is about five years ahead of yours. And this shows you the quantum leap in this between uh, when your game was released and when this was released. Because this game, this game would be at home on any console of the, uh, of, you know, from the 2000 back. You yeah. put this game out there. Yeah. So what is the game here? Well, from what I read, Chuck Norris accidentally... He kicked so fast and so hard that his round kick went around the world and he kicked himself in the back of the head and gave himself amnesia, okay? So he wakes up. 
he wakes up and he's got to take care of business because while he's been uh, unconscious, the two scumbags have went out and they've take they've started taking over America. Chuck won't stand for it, brother. The two people doing it, real life people, Fidel Castro and Kim Jong Il, they're back. Everyone's favorite, they're everyone's favorite geeks, you know, world leader geeks. And Chuck Norris has, has got to take care of business. So, in this game, you control Chuck Norris because it wouldn't be a Chuck Norris game unless you controlled him. And you go through, and it's basically a beat 'em up, but they do mix up the gameplay quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. At first, you're in like the forests of like I think it's Cambodia, and yeah. And so this is the Chuck Norris from like missing in action. He's in his camo gear. He's uh, got his gun. Now you don't have Chuck Norris's infinite power at the beginning because when he knocked himself out, he forgot he he has amnesia. Doesn't remember all his moves. And so you're earning cash in this to go to a dojo in between rounds and buy back the moves <laughs> yeah. from the sensei, right? So, uh, and that's how the game works. So the first level is a straight up walk. In fact, there are a lot of levels that are diverse, but ba- there's levels where you have a gun and you go to and just mow suckers down. You got those levels. Yeah. Then you've got some levels where you don't have the gun, and so it's it's physical combat, yeah. you know, with your hands and feet and the roundhouse kick, the dreaded roundhouse kick. Um, the way the game goes is, uh, once you finish a level, it goes to the dojo, you spend your money on the new moves. They didn't reinvent the wheel here. But no, what they, no, they what didn't. What makes this game great is, the, it, a lot of what makes the game great, of course, you've got Chuck Norris, so you can have him say any kind of crazy thing you want, and he does. But the geeks in this are funny because they'll they'll just be hanging around. They'll be talking about making soup. They'll be talking about like uh, 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 like uh, the weather stuff like that. And then Chuck Norris just runs and just like bah! and kills them. And then occasionally you'll come to some some bad guys who they're like Chuck Norris is here, and then just hold, they just leave. Yeah, they'll just run. They just run off the screen. They're like, we're not gonna fight that guy. Uh, of course, it, it is missing an action, Chuck Norris, in the first level. You're also rescuing prisoners. This is something you'll also do occasionally. You have to go up and open the cage, and they say, thank you, Chuck, and they run off. Uh, it's it's good stuff. The controls I found good, I mean, such as they were. Uh, the gun, sort much like your game, it sort of just shoots some, like uh, on some levels, and you just sort of control where you aim the gun. And those levels are like, there are levels in this where you like get to be like a chopper, there's also levels where you're a marksman and like you're shooting at guys that are in a house and they come out on windows, yeah. you know. So you've got to make sure you, and, but you don't, you don't have to shoot. It does that for you. It mixes up the gameplay elements quite nicely. It does. If you're watching now, we're on a screen where it's, there's a driving rain and Chuck has to barrel through it. And if you don't have the controls done right, he'll fall over. There's also levels where you have to tap the button real quick to do stuff like break stuff or whatever. One of my favorite moments of the game comes early. It's when you're in Cambodia, you're fighting these soldiers, and there's a jeep sitting there, and it, it says, uh, it, it, there's an option that says, hit hit two, or no, hit five to use the jeep. And so, you think to yourself, Chuck's going to get in this jeep. Chuck picks up the jeep, and just starts slamming it on suckers, which is great. I didn't see that coming. A whole jeep. There's it, also, in the hand-to-hand levels, he'll occasionally pick up a phone booth or a power pole. Yeah. Whatever he wants, and he starts slamming people yeah. with it. They're like, ah, just getting creamed. It's so funny. Uh, and between the Chuck, the Chuckisms, the bad guys, and even the ultimate bad guys when you fight them, even they're sort of funny. Like Fidel Castro has a jetpack, 
that keeps malfunctioning. And so you're trying to, you can only hit it when he's on the ground. And so he's whacking that thing, trying to get it to start back up. It's so funny. Kim Jong-il has a tank. They're the two big bosses in the game. There are sub-bosses. The game runs on for thirteen or for twelve levels. Yeah, it, I play, I beat it. I'm assuming you beat it as well. I no, I didn't play all the way through it. No. I beat the whole game, uh, and it was fun. The sound effects are good. It's got good little tunes that play in between rounds. Uh, it's neat that the, the when you go back and buy up your you spend the money to buy up your uh, your moves. The moves are good. One of my favorite moves is Chuck. There's one point where you're fighting a helicopter, but there, you can use it any time. But Chuck, Chuck has this move where he just looks up and just goes, bang, and his yeah. hand shoots a bullet. And it because he's Chuck Norris. <laughs> it was great. I loved it. What did you think of this one? Uh, like I said, I, I was aware this existed before, but this week was the first time I played it. Yeah. Um, it, it's good. It's good, campy fun. Yeah. And the, th- and the thing is, is if you don't know what's going on when you start the game, right? I mean, the intro stuff, if you read all the text... You can kind yeah. of see where they're going. Yeah. But if you if you just play the game, when you get to that Jeep section, it, it seems like a normal, uh, uh, sort of like Punisher in the arcade yeah. type game. You know, you're just going to run and shoot people. But when you get to that Jeep section and you pick the whole Jeep up and start <laughs> slamming them, at that point you go, ah, yeah. now I see what we're doing here. Yeah. I completely understand. And the cutscenes are campy, too. Oh, and they, yeah, the and, whole and, thing. And when it's loading, it'll have Chuck Facts that it plays. Yeah. Including Chuck Facts about this game. Yeah. Like, <laughs> very fourth wall. <laughs> also, you can't die. Did we mention that? Because you're Chuck Norris. <laughs> you just start to level over. So yeah. you can beat this game. I'll beat it in an hour. You know, but I mean, here's... So here's the thing. It's a buck. So this game sold I for got a buck. <laughs> this game sold for a dollar, and I can tell you without hesitation, this is the best one dollar game I've ever played. But, but please continue with what you were saying. Uh, it has enough elements: the the buying your moves, um, the different types of gameplay. Now I'm not; they didn't reinvent the wheel. But you have to remember, this was on a, a flip phone. A flip. Phone. I can't. I know. I, and the thing is, he looks like Chuck Norris. Like, yeah. when you leave Cambodia and you go to Texas, it looks like you're in Texas. They've got it all. I mean, as cheesed up as you think it is. There's cowboys. There's flat. All the crap you'd expect. And Chuck Norris changes outfits when yep. he's in Texas. You know, it looks great. And it's, so and you think to yourself, this was on a phone? This feels like it could have been on any console Yeah, this, could, this could have been on a Game Boy, no problem. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. I one would wonder why I didn't get poured into those things because I'm assuming it did pretty well. I, I I don't know. I didn't I didn't look up numbers for this, but it really shows you there are these type of games, uh, especially especially in the Asian markets that are this caliber, this quality of games that I've seen played. Um, that it, it will blow your mind, uh, especially when they start getting into some of the, the 3D elements rudimentary 3D elements, but and a lot of times it's just used to enhance uh, other style gameplay styles. But it shows you that Java had the ability to do this stuff. Phone hardware had to catch up to what Java could do. And when all of that eventually happened, it's about the same time we all flipped to Android and Apple phones. And smartphones with these, you know, high resolution, high refresh rate screens. 
it was just at the peak of these things. J2ME could have been massive. It could have been an Apple. It could have been an Android. Uh, it just got outpaced by just a hair. And when Google started giving away uh, Android for free, that, that was the end. Stuff like J2, J2ME couldn't keep up. I will say, to just a few more nuggets about Chuck here. Chuck also has the ability to, like, you can do a super maneuver if you get your meter charged up. He also has the ability to, like, whack guys and blow them towards the screen, a yeah. la TMNT, which is yeah. great. They, they mix this game up so well. They could have literally phoned this in, no pun intended. Because they had a good engine for the for the beat em up, yeah. but they do stuff like timed areas where you have to do stuff. Uh, there's an area where you have to punch a punching bag real quick to yeah. impress this cowgirl. You know, there's like I said, all the good. There's a there's a series where, and you find out because he's in Cambodia and he thinks, boy, I'd like to be in Texas, and then suddenly he's in Texas. Well, he forgot. Yeah. He's got the ability to travel through time and space. <laughs> so his sensei's like, listen, you you should just kill everybody in Cambodia. He's like, oh yeah. So he goes back there. But when he comes back yeah, in, he yeah. flies a chopper with a machine gun, and so you're you have to just it automatically shoots. You just fly through and shoot everything. It's great. There's all sorts of elements in this that they they mix up, and so the guys that put this together, maybe they were scared of Chuck Norris, so they didn't do a good job. He would because I mean this is varied. I'm not just putting it over because hey, it looks good on a phone. No, this is really a good, good game. Yeah, I mean an excellent game. Yeah, like, th this isn't a good. J2ME game. This is just a good game. That's right. I mean, this would this would play on anything. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, you need to go play this. You know, we, me, and you both have a lot of these uh, collections, coin ops, uh, and and uh, uh, game X and all these other you know arcade where they get a bunch of different types of game, you know, different consoles. Yeah. Like, why have I not seen one of these that has a big load of these? Because because my God, these are every bit as good as anything you're gonna play. Um, I, I think because they've got a bad reputation I will. off the bat. Because we saw beginning the beginning of a good game and the end era a good game. Don't be fooled. There is also a absolute ton of garbage. I mean, I have no doubt. And maybe I just got I'm falling in love with the game because I just happened to stumble upon a good one. Yeah. But what, what to finish my thought, um, I think these are just getting to the point where they're easier to emulate. I know we had no problem, but we basically had an inside man with Pajaco yeah. who, who spoon-fed us. But this was nowhere near as bad as a lot of the stuff we've had no. to emulate, though. And, it, and also, I ran these with no issue. Yeah, I, mean, I, I had no either. problem. Yeah, I didn't either. So, I mean, and like I said, I beat mine, so I, I know it goes all the way through. But it's just getting to that point, and I think that... Um, it's once we get, we're not all the way there because different chips and different uh, screen sizes and that kind of stuff is still an issue. I think we're going to see a big boom of this though. Because you have to think, the people who played these games and have history with these games aren't quite old enough to have uh, nostalgia for them yet. I, in my opinion. I think. Probably 10 years from now, we're going to see this hit big. You know what? It's going to be a big scene. One thing I like about this show is like we like there's we have zero nostalgia for this, for example. Correct. So when I, we come across something that's gold, it's gold, brother. We're yeah. not looking at it in rose tinted glasses. I urge you to check Chuck Norris out. I did, believe it or not, I found reviews on this, lots of them actually. 
KnowYourMobile.com gave this 100%. Pocket Gamer UK, 90%. Pocket Magazine, 4 out of 5 stars. Retro Gamer gave this 79%. And App Spy gave it 4 out of 5. And the reception of this thing was great. They were it was quite over uh, with with its people. They really dug it. Uh, we did get a uh, Discord review on this. Uh, Pajaco says, "Coming from Twilight years of J2ME, this was really one that shows where the platform got in terms of game graphics and gameplay. Whilst J2ME games were never going to compete with true gaming handhelds." J2ME games were largely designed for quick 10-minute fixes for you to play while waiting on the bus or sitting on the toilet. Uh, Chuck Norris Bring the Pain is no Final Fighter Streets of Rage, but what it lacks in exciting gameplay it certainly makes up for in entertainment, humor, and variety. Littered with now legendary Chuck Norris stories and, out, uh, and outrageous in-game bits like being able to pick up a truck and hit enemies with it or just being able to shoot baddies with your finger is hilarious. Sound is a little sparred and not exactly the greatest, but what? But that was par for the course for JTME in its heyday. Graphics look yeah. really nice, and when look at home on a 13-bit machine, I agree with that. The games have a, the game has a few little issues, like some items that can be picked up, but also share the same sprites and that those that cannot. So it gets a little confusing. I will say to talk about that point there are part there, you can go to this game pick up barrels for example mm-hmm. and occasionally you'll come along to a barrel you can't pick it up and you're like what's going on it almost always means it's going to play a part in a cut scene or story that's coming right up so that can get a little confusing i also found it possible to repeatedly hit enemies while they were down without doing any real damage which as i discovered was a problem in some of the time challenge levels with a variety of gameplay including a lightning-esque shooter levels and vehicle levels this is a pretty entertaining game not one you'd probably go back to after completing, but still not bad overall. And a better example of high-end J2ME games, 8 out of 10. Yeah. So pretty glowing. I think that's a very fair very fair review. I, I, I really do think this one is a real uh, dandy one, Brent. I, I think if you've, if you've got the capability to try these, I would give this a shot. So, uh, with all that said, in closing on this particular category, definitely want to put this one back on the wheel at some point. Oh, yeah. There's, there's a lot endless, to explore. There's an endless variety of these. And I have no doubt, looking over the titles, that there's a lot of garbage in there. But there are also interesting titles that I would be interested in looking at that uh, are like based on like arcade properties and stuff. That, and I'd be interested to see if they, what they did with these properties to, to make them playable on the phone and make them uh, you know, go in a different direction. Sure. Uh, so it'd be a lot of fun to uh, go back one of these days and check out. But i got to say, I was wrong. I was wrong. J2ME, I'm a fan, brother. Uh, they did a great job. And even your game, which we sort of buried, it wasn't, I mean... No, no, that's listen. not fair. We didn't bury it. It just was not as good as your game for sure. I'm just saying, that game was leagues better than I expected any of these games to be. <laughs> So when I loaded that up, I'm like, hey, we got something here. And then when I loaded up mine, I about fell out of the chair. So, yeah. Yep. You know what else makes me fall out of the chair, Brent? Uh, drunkenness? Well, and the wheel. But yeah. Oh, okay, the yeah. wheel. Yeah, you're not wrong there, bro. Wait, sure, where you're going with that. <laughs> what are we adding this week to Brent? Well, we boo-booed last week, Aaron. No, you boo-booed. And, I mean, I will, I will uh, uh, allow you to take the blame for it. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, we did not put on a Retro Rewind You piece. did not put on a Retro Rewind So piece. I corrected your mistake, and uh, we just added ColecoVision as the Retro Rewind this week. Good choice. You know, uh, I just picked up the Coleco Adam 
uh, Fuji Net card. So there's gonna be next week at the computer club. You're gonna get your fill of Coleco, everything under the sun, brother. Did you say spin the wheel? Spin that sucker. Good hardy spin. And the winner is what do we got there? And the winner is it's a new one. All right, what is it? NES bootlegs. Oh man. NES bootlegs by Blip Blop. Uh, if, NES bootlegs by Blip Blop. If Frodo is still in the house, he did an NES homebrew uh, uh, stream a while back that we looked at. And so when I saw that come up, because this homebrew looked god awful. So at least it's bootlegs <laughs> and not homebrew. Uh, well, uh, so, you're, 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 yeah, okay. I mean, it's sort of, uh, okay. I got a couple announcements this week to print. I'm going to make one for you. Okay, go ahead. You make yours first. Uh, due to some unfortunate events that took place this week, I did not get to make a video to include our newest Patreon, Dryer Lint. You're off the hook now. Aaron, on that I, you have to know something here. Yeah, see. Our new Patreon, it's... It, it's not Dryer Lint, it's Dryer Lint 17. All right. And I think that's very important to specify because Dryer Lint, like 26, that guy's a jerk. Oh, I see. But Dryer Lint 17, we're good to go there. You sure you don't have those backwards? No, I don't. We're good. So what you're now, now listen, I'm going to let you off the hook because you, you had a rough week on that, so there's no worries there. Now, I'm going to brighten your week because Aww. we got a package this week. Uh, in fact, I know you didn't watch the show last night because you never do. Oh, boy. But me and Hey, Bo I can't. Me and Boat I can't opened. help it when you keep switching up the time. Me and Boat opened a package, and there was a pa there was something in this package uh, mm -hmm. that was, I'm sure was meant for you, uh, and it's a package from our buddy Rushi, all the way from Germany, uh, the brand. I'm going to present you with this now. Uh, I think you're the only man that can truly appreciate this, and here you go. Oh. <laughs> there it is. It's the yes! boxed copy. <laughs> The mousing cat. That's incredible. This is a uh, Philips uh, video pack. That's cartridge. going right on the shelf, man. Yeah, and That's awesome. Docked, Holy complete. crap! Full we wanna, complete. We want to thank. We want to thank uh, Rushi very much. Yeah, Rushi also sent us over a couple magazines, a uh, hardback digest, and he sent the uh, Amiga Mini over the A500 Mini over that I ordered a while back. So thank you, Rushi. I know he was in here earlier. And, Wowzers. Uh, we appreciate that. I know Brent would look at that manual on that thing. Holy, so he multi-lane. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so, I, I don't, I, not just your common English, Spanish. We got Arabic. We've yeah. got Portuguese, Spanish. Yeah. I don't the, even know what that is. The video pack was a, was, a, was a console for the people. I think we both agree. Apparently, on that. all the people. So, again, thank you so much. Rushi's a, Rushi's a good guy there. And we, and we also had some other things in it. We thank everybody for. Uh, Send us goodies. I like, now, I want to make two announcements that we uh, stupidly didn't make on Amigos. Uh, and so these are very pertinent for what's going on. Number one, uh, uh, this coming Saturday, which by the time you watch this will still be a Saturday that will be coming. Uh, it will be uh, the uh, uh, 30th of April, Brent. Yeah. It is going down. It's a Taze Valley Classic Computer Club. Oh, the local and job. Let me tell you something. This is going to be the biggest most elaborate classic computer club you've ever seen because of me and, and my people. We're going to have the Fujinet with the Coleco Atom. We're going to try that thing out. All right. We've got the Apple II GS that I got in the mail this week. We're right. going to fire that sucker right. up. And we're going to test drive the uh, A500 Mini. We've got all these things to test drive. 
at the classic computer goes, no one needs to bring anything else. I got it covered. It's all me, brother. So that's going to be fun. Uh, that'll kick off around 6.30 or 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, on uh, the 30th. That's uh, Saturday, uh, April 30th, Brent. That's going to be fun. So we're at the Boat Mansion. Hopefully his internet will, will pony up ah! uh, this time around. Uh, need to get that fiber. Mm. Secondly, I want to announce uh, once again that we have set a date for the International Computer Club. We're doing the local computer club. But let's say you don't live near Taste Valley, and I pity you that don't, because what a what a paradise it is. I can't say that with a straight face. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we're going. We do an international computer club, everybody, and this is for everyone to attend to come down and show off uh, your various projects and whatnot. Uh, we have scheduled this for May twenty first at four thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's four thirty. Uh, please. Uh, pop in uh, to the International, <laughs> the International Computer Club uh, area and set yourself up. Get a presentation in. We've, right now, we've only got a couple people signed up. And I know why. It's because me and Boat haven't announced it for two straight weeks. Makes sense. What's the, the best way to get your shows over? Listen, so here's what here's what I learned. Don't do 70 shows in, in the heat at once. Because we were both, like, Boat almost died last night in doing these shows. So... Uh, so this is going to be uh, a, a lot of fun. International Computer Club. Uh, I've been in talks with uh, uh, a friend of a friend who might. There might be a couple uh, uh, big big wheels coming to this one uh, to do a little uh, a little dance. So it should be a good time. Again, to uh, say it once again, that's March twenty first, twenty twenty two. So you've got uh, you've got just about a month to uh, to prep for this. And to uh, go back over what we like, we like practically anything. Book reviews, game reviews. Uh, you want to talk about console mods. You want to talk about computer mods. What you're doing with your Amiga or your Atari or any computer. Anything you want. You want to review reviewers. Yeah. Go if for it. If you've got a, uh, um, a project you're working on. If you've got, uh, um, if you're programming, you've got programming tips like uh, Happy Coding. Uh, we'd love to see you back in there. If you've got anything that is remotely pertinent or relevant to the topic at hand, which is computers and video games, you're welcome. Oh, and if you've got uh, uh, products to hawk, hawk them. That's what. That's really the whole. The reason I did this. Hawk them like the loogies you know, want. I saw the uh, you know uh, uh, Amiga Bills Computer Club. They had the guys from uh, Vampire come up there and give a demonstration. I thought you know that's what we need. We could have guys do that, and we could do it to everybody, like internationally. Well, we don't get that though. Frank, the thing Frank does, he, Frank's really the only person that takes advantage of that. But if you're a, uh, if you have a business and you want to talk about your product, don't think you're shilling because that's what it's for. You're shilling to the people that you want to buy your product, and they want to listen. So you're more than welcome to uh, to pop in and do it. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, that is May twenty first at four thirty p.m. Brent. Um, we should probably mention something else that Boat didn't talk. Boat was like, we got to probably push that. And we didn't talk about it at all. And it's Boat Fest. I know we, we're going to mention it one more time. Boat, Boat literally, he almost expired, Brent. So we're going to cut him some slack. Uh, Boat Fest, June 24th and 25th in beautiful Taste Valley. Uh, get your tickets now at boatfest.info. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. 
Uh, we'll be there with uh, so much stuff. All the stuff I just mentioned for Computer Club puts a ton more and a virtual pinball machine. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, get your tickets today. Make, plan a trip over. Uh, it'll be a good time. Do you have anything you want to close with before we take this thing to the house? Uh, if you would like to find out more about the mousing cat, you can check out issue uh, 204 uh-huh. of ARG Presents where we reviewed this in detail. Yeah, that was a real unique one, eh? Yeah. And also graphically violent. It was. <laughs> That's the end of us. We'll see you next week. Uh, and until then, load up your old phone and fire that sucker up and get you some gaming on. It was awesome. Adios, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. A special thank you to Duncan Styles for our Vector Style Graphics and Bart Bit for his amazing music. Would you like to help keep ARG spinning? You can do so at patreon.com slash ARG Presents. Just like these fine folks. Rolo, Olaf Hope, Aw, oh, Terry Howard, John Schaller, The Slow Norris, Frodo NL, Chris Foles, Mitsuyama, Jason Warns, Rob Black O'Hara, Andy Craig, Andy Jones, Kevin Bean, Jocko 6502, Bitter Blitter, Anthony Jarvis, Steve Rathmussen, Bernhardt Lucas, Dave Velociraptor, Ram, W. Vetke, Roshi, Mr. B, David Terrence, Supertech Boy, O'Rom, Sundown, Texas Foosballer, Airshack, Retroallergy, John Dykeman, Jerry Dennington, Z9K9, Templar Mar, On Collective, and Laurent Garou. They all have access to the Amigos Retro Gaming Discord channel, their name displayed and called out in the credits, and that warm, fuzzy feeling that they help keep ARG spinning. And you can too! Have an idea for a wheel piece? Send it to us at ARGPresents at mail.com. Did you know? BoatFest 2022 is a go. The Retro Computing Festival put on by the Amigos Retro Gaming Network. You can find out more at BoatFest.info. We film live every Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern Time. And you can watch the replays on YouTube every Wednesday. Hope to see you there.